Um, what was your question, Lee? <laughs> I'm just wondering when the last time these mic covers got cleaned. The windscreens? Yeah, the, the windscreens. Wind you know, there was a while there where um, I kept noticing like a small hair on one of them. <laughs> oh, my God. And and like somebody would have it and I'd be like, oh, Jesus. Is that and I realized it's probably one of Billy Bragg's whiskers. Oh, right. Wow. So, yeah, that's wow. not bad. No, that's uh, yeah, some rock and roll. Yeah. That's, that's like pretty, that's rock pretty, and roll. You know, that's pretty sort of... Um, yeah, you, you know, revolutionary. You yeah, yeah. In case anybody goes, "Oh, what's that?" Uh, Billy Bragg's whisker, <laughs> you, you wanker, Phoebe. It's so Don't cool. Don't you recognize it? It's so cool. <laughs> I think it was. Well, yeah, because he's probably the, the most, um, beardy light, light hair. I think he might be our only beard because it was it was a bit reddish. Oh yeah, so okay. It was Billy, it was Billy, and it was on it was on the guest mic. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's you're on There's the guest mic. You're on the guest, guest the mic. Get the, um, and yeah. sometimes Margaret's on that mic. Yeah. I'm always on this one because it's got different colored windscreen. <laughs> so whatever whatever horrible things are in there are all mine. And um, but we've got fairly clean, yeah. we've clean got, hygienic we've got, guests. We've got very. So um, I don't think you have to worry. Okay, I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, I'm not going to keep thinking about it. No, well, we all all the guests that we've had recently, you know, you know April, you know Kate. Sure. Um, who else do you know that we've had on recently? Um, you you may uh, know some of the comedians that we have talked to. You may know well Billy Bragg, um, sure. Tegan and Sarah. But Tegan and Sarah, you yeah. probably are the the most exciting guest. I can't even begin the show. Like we have a we've had a tradition now of cold opens. Now mm-hmm. we've done, but let's begin the show properly. Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Jim Short. Jim today. I um, have been talking about you so much on the show. I know that the listeners are very familiar with you now. Yes. And uh, Sorry. So finally, we get to have Lee Turgeson on the this show. This is it. This is the moment you've been waiting for. for. Oh, my God. It's happening. Well, Jim knows especially the buildup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get down to Atlanta, and it's Lee, 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 Lee. You made an impression. So fucking annoying, right? <laughs> so annoying. No, it was it was cool. It was cool because I guess you guys had just worked together. Yeah. And we did our uh, Atlanta run of shows. Which, yeah. Which uh, we've had a couple of them come out so far. But yeah. And it, it, so, well, it sort of it, it was like it, it was like it sort of I think it began with like a starstruck thing, but now it's just turned into just worship. So it started off worship. like a like fan. But now it's it's like not even like that anymore. Now it's like something else. I can't. Sorry, did I? I can't. That's right. Oh, I right. was the problem. No, that's okay. Holy moly! I just want to make sure that that didn't uh, my, happen again. My boot almost not ruined a big deal. the entire show. No, it's a very loose program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what just happened is is that our recorder fell off because I didn't realize Lee had put his boot. He took his boot off. He didn't just stamp on it like. <laughs> All, uh, I wanted all to sit up because Margaret started to sit up, so I felt like, yeah, you know what? If if I lean back mm-hmm. too much, the energy of this thing is gonna. Yeah. No, no, but no. Now you're leaning off. No, to the now, side. now I'm kind of everywhere. Now, <laughs> um, we met on the set of uh, Drop Dead Diva, where you played. Um, it, it was it a drag queen. It was kind of fake. Drag queen. I was a mattress salesman who. Uh, <laughs> Sells a lot of uh, mattresses because he does drag, and then uh, I get fired because I do drag. But then it it was it was also wait. 
Spoiler alert. Yeah, we can't give this out, right? Come no, on. No, we can't give it out. Did you guys sign a gag order or something? <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Some, there was something about gag. Can you? Is that an actionable offense? Can you be fired from a mattress warehouse if you do drag? Um, uh, in the script of Drop Dead Diva, you can. I'm going to bet that, uh, uh, what's the case of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, Divine versus Sleep King? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Ru- uh, uh, may I remind the court of RuPaul v. Sleep Train? <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! I love, I love that. That's the uh, he's he's a mattress guy, mm-hmm. and but he does drag on the side. Yeah, on as a, on a dare. Oh, is it? He's not even a full drag drag performer. No, 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 no. He just his like uh, buddy was like oh, he made a be- I made a bet with somebody at work, and mm-hmm. that was the story. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but that's not really what happened. It's all a scam but it was quite elaborate drag for a bet because right you had i mean he looked like um <laughs> what he looked like actually was he looked like um out of the damned you know that visconti movie yeah, from the yeah, 70s yeah, yeah. um he looked like like well sort of a weimar republic almost like the um joel gray and cabaret kind of a drag but then also he also is very elaborate like my little pony hair it was <laughs> sort of Phyllis Diller too. Dolly oh, Parton for yeah. said Dolly Parton meets Phyllis Diller. But that that's a little bit too old. Um I would think more like remember that Christian uh broadcasting that ministry woman who had that crazy pink hair and it uh, was sort of my little pony and it was like we're probably around the time of Tammy Faye Baker. Yeah, the the other one. Yeah, like Tammy Faye was the was the the one that everybody would remember. The other one, Jan somebody. Yeah, and her husband yeah. had he's Paul with that mustache. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that guy. And yeah, her? yeah. But that's what they're he, still that's on what somewhere. Lee, that's what Lee looked like. But um, <laughs> the the drag. Do you know? Are you familiar <laughs> I don't with know the? Know who that woman is? So I don't know how <laughs> horrible it is. But I I mentioned that no, it's not horrible. It's great. It's like, but I mentioned that also that the damned. Reference also from yeah. the seventies. Um, it was very Dirt like Bogart and uh, yeah. Well, um, Charlotte Rampling, right? No, that's the Night Porter, which is oh, also a no, very no, good oh, movie. Right, right, right. That's also a very good movie, but that's uh, not Visconti. No, that's um, oh god, it's a woman, and I can't remember her name. Liliana Cavani, maybe. I think. I don't know, but uh, that's it. That's an excellent movie. Um, also, Nazi sort of, uh, it's sort of Nazi 70s, um, got that theme mm-hmm. happening as the dam does. But uh, yeah, you look kind of like a like a cabaret drag thing. So I don't know, would a mattress salesman go through all of that too? It, 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 seems, it seems a little bit... Well, if you've got kids, I mean, I mean anybody who knows, you know, in this uh, economy now... You need to sell mattresses <laughs> to get your commission, and if oh, because Sid have had children. Yeah, that's right. He's yeah. like a, a he had a wife and kids. That's, Sid Pinar. Yeah, that's isn't his name. So you got to you got to do what you got to do to make the money. Right. Um, I didn't yeah. realize in all these years, um, and I just realized uh, after Lee left, my character's name on that show, I didn't even know my name. <laughs> my character's name is Terry Lee. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> You knew it was Terry. Wow. Yeah, but I didn't oh, notice it. it was, you didn't know it was Terry Lee. <laughs> wow. I, didn't, I didn't know until I was like... What year is this? 
This is year five? Yeah, it's my fifth year playing this character. I had no idea what the last name was. Wow. Because nobody ever addresses you as Terry Lee. No. Nobody told me. Come on. It seems, Maybe it, do they say it somewhere? <laughs> no. Maybe they say it about How me. did it come up? Maybe. I saw it on the certificate. So I showed, I showed you that picture. I sent you that picture. Oh, well, then maybe maybe like the prop guy just made it up. They might have just made it up. They might have just made it up. But I had not had... I was like um, Toby from Roots. <laughs> I didn't have a last name. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was like that. He because didn't I, have a last name, though. It was Kinte. No, no, that was his proper. That was his proper name. That was his given. Right. That was his actual familial name, a surname, and Christian name, or um, that that his proper name, and then and then they would get to call him Toby. I don't acknowledge that name. You don't acknowledge Toby. No. Well, how? Why should I acknowledge Terry? Because that's the only name I had. Wow. Right. I wasn't given a last name. What do you think it was? You know what's so stupid is that I never it never crossed my mind. <laughs> so you really get deep into character yeah. research. The uh, the given circumstances, she just digs in. She's just like, I'm gonna find out who this person is. No, and I I don't even like learn my lines. I make them write it on like um I make like so usually in every scene I have carrying an iPad. And you're just reading. I'm it reading off it off the iPad and going, oh, this looks bad, or whatever. Because I mean I don't really I mean. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about acting. I, I was like, I was telling you, like, I don't know anything about it except reading. Yeah, Did you guys have scenes together? We had one scene together. We had one scene together. Um, pretty, pretty amazing. <laughs> I just told, I walk in and I said that they have a phone call. And that's your, that's your, that's your lines. Yeah. Did you need that on an iPad too? You no. have a uh, phone call. <laughs> you have an app for that. I, 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 I didn't have to read that one. But in general, I, I I make the prop people really mad because I make them put it on all of like all of this stuff, or like I'll make them write it out on an iPad. Like I can't even bother to write it myself. I have to have them do it. Yeah. Well, I mean that's why they're there. <laughs> yeah. To to do all this extra work that I shouldn't I shouldn't have to do, <laughs> like acting and learning my lines. <laughs> but it's terrible. But it's a it's a it's a great show. I'm glad that you were on. I'm so excited that you're on because we never have any really. We 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 never have any like real actors. We always have um, <laughs> sort of celebrities, but not real actors. So it's good. Yes, because Lee's like Lee's like a for real thespian. Um, I know, and it was I had such a good time, and it was one of those things where I was terrified that it was going to be awkward. You know, you know, uh, the people who wrote it I knew, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know, you go down to Atlanta to do drag and. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Been really I mean, weird. it could have been, but no, not really. I mean, it's a very relaxed set, and it everybody. Is, but I, you don't know that. Yeah. Well, have you ever been on something that wasn't? I mean. Oh yeah, I've been on definitely. I've been on stuff <laughs> stuff that you're not proud of. No, that or just not, that was wasn't not that great. fun. You know, like oh, the yeah. set is miserable. Yeah, yeah. I've I've certainly been on projects like that, but at the same time. It, 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 it's there's always like, you don't want to be excited about someone you're about to work with because probably they will disappoint you. Yeah, true. I mean, I've but, definitely had that happen. Yeah, I've had that happen. Yeah, but I've also had like found new people to be excited about. Also, you know, sure. Like you, then you find somebody else that you're like, oh my god, I did 
didn't even realize yeah. that this person was going to become a really good friend. So there's good things about it, bad things about it. It's a weird profession to, you know, acting is such a weird thing. But do, did you like feel like, I mean, I felt like you did like probably the most outre stuff we ever get to do on that show. You know, help me with that. When, outre. outre let, me get, uh, let me read that off an iPad. And see what it means. <laughs> I don't know what outre is. It's like outre. Um, dangerous or uh, edgy. Yes. You know, because we it edgy. It was it was definitely oh. edgy because it was drag, <laughs> which we've never had. Right. Drag. Drag. <laughs> we've never had drag. We never it was had edgy drag. Was he the first drag? person on I the show that hard yeah to believe was yeah what? like it took him five years like we can finally bust out the drag yeah <laughs> but he's not really dra- he's he, he's he's just doing it as a as a as a day you said right 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 and he's a straight guy but then so it's not really drag queen but you did have like drag queeny scenes though right because you were yeah. sort of yeah so you're like you're like eddie Izzard mattress salesman <laughs> <laughs> right yes exactly straight yeah. But you know, wears the ladies' clothes, but also can sell you a mattress, right? Mm-hmm. For uh, not perverted reasons, I'm right. doing it for for righteous reasons. Yeah, I yeah. need to be in this drag for my wife and my kid or kids. Kids? Did you have kids or kids? I, I had kid. Kid. I don't remember now. Hmm. I but think I know you... that your last name is Lee. Jesus now you Christ. know. Is that me again? I don't know. Something weird is happening here. I think it's me. Let me give you some I, more. I, let me give you some more room I, here. I should sit there we go. No, 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 no. Stay where you are. Is this awkward? No, yeah. not at all. It's fine. It's fine. That, the, the recorder keeps falling down. Um, but I just want to make sure called. we're still recording. Is it still recording? Yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rearrange some, some. I'm gonna do some set dressing. Okay. So you guys talk. All right. Okay. Now, um. So after you left Atlanta, then I was, I was talking about you a lot on our podcast because we recorded a whole bunch of them in a row. So we had many discussions about you. And then um, and then, then, then people had told me to stop talking about you. And <laughs> well, we, well, there were people who were very excited uh, by you, by your yeah. uh, um, um, appearance. The cast people, the cast members of the show. Yes. But also we met a guy named Gay Bob. Yes. Who oh, was so yes. excited just to 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 talk about you. Yeah. yeah. So excited. I actually spoke to him on the phone for yes. a minute, right? Yeah. We called you during the show which was um not it, we couldn't hear very well which was unfortunate because it, next time we talked to Gabe Bob. You got some planning. Well, next time we'll we'll better. feed it through the soundboard yes. so that we can hear you properly and that um you can hear us. Yeah. Cuz there's too much feedback and echo. Yeah, because but, I ended up feeling um empty. And alone after that. Um. Well, you shouldn't have because it was just me and Gay Bob just fawning. You know, me fawning, him just gay fawning. Yeah. And super excited. And he could, but then all of a sudden it was just disconnected. Yeah, then it was like we couldn't hear. Was, yeah, this call is dropped. This yeah. Call was dropped. And then there are people like, it's T-Mobile. It's T-Mobile. Do you have T-Mobile? Well, that's why. And then... <laughs> Then Gay Bob goes, that was my bucket list. <laughs> As my, my bucket list is talked to Lee Terryson, it was on my bucket list. <laughs> I was like, well, I love that he formulated that as his bucket list. <laughs> and he got to talk to you. Yeah. So I mean, he was so nice and proud and happy. Yeah, but come on. 
I have a feeling gay Bob, maybe that's one of his things that he does, right? Something happens, like some guy buys him a drink in a bar and he's like, oh my God, that's my bucket list. I don't think, I think that's quite cynical. <laughs> I, I he's don't... got a big bucket. Yeah. Oh, that's my bucket list. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think he really was very genuinely excited about you. I mean, because I was excited about you talking about you to him during the day. And then I thought, well, we're going to call you that night and it's going to be really, really exciting. Yeah. So, Except it wasn't. It was. Well, it was uh, exciting for me and it was exciting for Gay Bob. It's just that we couldn't hear. <laughs> so that's the only thing that it was a little bit like, oh, well, yeah. next time we'll be more prepared. Next time. Um, and uh, so since then, I have gone into the studio. I think the last thing I said to him right before I got dis- disconnected was, yeah, I'll have sex with you, Gay Bob. Oh, is that what you or said? Or something like that. I don't remember what it was. Maybe but I that's know there what... was something very leading, and then it was disconnected. Oh and I was no! Like, uh oh! God, I wish I hadn't said that. Oh no! Well, no, you made his day, though. <laughs> huh? You made his day. Ah well. I, I have to write a song about that, about making Gay Bob's day. Um, but I've written uh, <laughs> Gay Bob's twelve songs. Day. Gay Bob's Day. That's oh dear Lord. Gay Bob's Day. <laughs> Three things I pray. <laughs> to see Lee more clearly. What? Love Lee more dearly. <laughs> it's a Gay Bob song. Follow Lee more nearly. Gay Bob's Day. <laughs> Bob Day, Bob, Gay Bob, um, Gay Bob. I've written a bunch of songs about Lee, which I recorded eight of in... Uh, El Paso last week. Um, I'm kind of sitting on the mixes. It. <laughs> I don't really want to let anybody hear them. They're too good. I'm. I'm kind of like, oh, uh, because you heard the other ones. I heard some demos. Yeah, you heard the other demos. So, um, they're now recorded. So you'll get to hear them. And I'm really. I. Th- I don't think there's ever been a Lee Turgeson concept album. Never. I think this is the first. This is this, no. I can. I can guarantee this is this is you the beat, first. You beat Pete Townsend. Yeah. <laughs> what was? Be- <laughs> you beat him to the punch. He <laughs> beat. Uh, you beat uh, Roger Waters. No. What is the guy from Sticks? The, oh, the lead singer. The guy from Sticks. Dennis DeYoung. Dennis DeYoung. Do you have a con- concept album? Yes. 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 They had like a bunch of concept. Kill- they had like Rabata was a concept. Well, the, Co- but that was the, behind was... the music of that is hilarious. Yeah. Right. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Where they're yeah, like, yeah. They're like, they had done like Paradise Theater, and then he was like, they wanted he wanted to do another one, and the rest of the band was like, please, no more concept albums. Uh, and then he told them, uh, it's Mr. Roboto, and he explained the whole thing to them, and they were just like, and then it was they broke up after that. <laughs> oh no! Because the 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 stage uh, presentation of it had a lot of acting. <laughs> it uh-huh. had a lot of acting to go with the. It was a space opera about robots. Yeah, and there was, there was like acting role, and the band's like, dude, we just <laughs> we just gonna we're just trying to rock, we're yeah. just play music. I, I haven't learned my line. I don't, there were no iPads back then to read. <laughs> no, to read it off of. Yeah. God, you that's had to so learn intense. your Mr. Roboto lines. Yeah. It's so hard. Well, I think the concept album should come back. It's coming back. Obviously. You've done it. It's coming back. You've well, done I've done it. it, and that's the Lee Turkis album. I'm thinking that it's kind of like Steve McQueen. Wasn't that? What's a Steve McQueen? There's a Steve McQueen concept album. Who? What band is that? Oh, I don't know. I forgot. It's like a Britpop band that did Steve McQueen. Hmm. And it's all Steve McQueen uh, songs. Is it? Oh, God. What? 
Is it a... Didn't, um... You know that band Sleeper? Yes, yes. Didn't she write... She... The, the Louise... Uh-huh. I don't know what her last name is. Uh-huh. Louise... Uh-huh. From Sleeper. Yeah, yeah. Who, uh... She, she's a novelist, and she wrote a book about Steve... Mc, some Steve McQueen. Okay. Were, were any of those songs about Steve McQueen? I think so. I they think were, they were a great band. They were, it was a Britpop band, and they did like a record about Steve McQueen, and so that's sort of Who what I that? was thinking about. I don't know. I want to say it's like maybe Sleeper or Elastica or like one of the, or like James, maybe it's Jape, like one of those, not not Blur and not Oasis, but not Blur, but like in that arena of bands, I feel like somebody did. Hmm. So you've you so there's now up that yeah. But there was just a couple songs about um, Steve McQueen. I've, I've written an entire record. But not just you. It's just also offshoots of, you know, it's for your baby. Alive. Al- I'm alive as opposed to Steve McQueen who's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there wasn't... I wonder if this is the first concept album for someone who is alive. Alive. And, and um, uh, I don't know. I mean, but it, it's going to be I would have thought good. that like, maybe there's not enough of a concept... Well, the concept is, um, well, the, in the record, the story of the record goes, uh, it sort of begins with a Lee song, mm. which is just really nice and innocent I mean, and it's sweet. Just, it's a beautiful name. It's a beautiful name. And it's a beautiful pop song. <laughs> and then it, and it grows, and then the, the, the sort of resentment grows, and then it, it becomes really satanic in the middle, <laughs> where, uh, where there's just sort of a Black Crows song that you sing in the middle, and then in the end, I just have you incarcerated. So there, there's a whole storyline. Wow. There's songs you haven't heard that go into this this incredible disillusionment. And then I um, I fake domestic abuse and then I get you incarcerated. <laughs> oh, my God. So th- there's, a, there's a through line that I haven't really revealed to you because I haven't played you all the songs. So <laughs> it's really very good. It's really good. So I, I haven't... <laughs> I haven't explained to you the whole, the arc, but... You, it's, that's funny that you, it would end up with you uh, calling about physical abuse when you punched me in the eye. I know, that's the thing, is that... Saw each other. Why? <laughs> wasn't it an accident. That's it sure. wasn't. I should call the police. I know. I'm so terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all right. Okay. I'm going to... It's fine. doesn't hurt. doesn't hurt. Did um, you find the band? Did you find out the band? Oh, yeah. I think it's complete fabrication. I think you're making it up. There's maybe I made it up in my mind. And maybe I'm following it up in, the, the, in my mind with your record. Yeah. That could be possible. I could have invented it all. And then I'm now making another one. <laughs> so it's actually the second, my second concert. Now, when album. am I going to get to sing that other song? Prefab Sprout. That's who it is. What? It's Prefab Sprout. Come on. No, it is. It's just the 1985 it, album Steve McQueen re- I, was released mm-hmm. in the US with the title Two Wheels Good. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wow. Prefab Sprout. I don't know if I've ever heard that. Uh huh. Um, it's like, uh, what is it? Like the Feelies? Or it's like kind of, they're like um, early, early new wave. Early new wave. Uh huh. Maybe a little bit. Uh, like Wire Train or like one of those like San Francisco bands like Translator or something. Um, but uh, that, that's sort of, sort of what I was thinking. Hmm. So there's a president, historical rock and roll presence sure. for your record. Um, Thank God for the internet. But you're going to have to sing it sometime. 
Yeah. And this key that I sang it in better be right for you. It seemed fine, that thing you sent me. Yeah. It's in that key. It, I kept it in that key. It's not comfortable for me. So I'm hoping it's comfortable for you. Because I'm not re-recording that shit. Because mm. the music is so fucking divine. <laughs> and then... Um, well, we could just run it through a karaoke machine where you can no, change the key. No, you can't do that. Boom, 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 But David um, kept the drums... No, huh? Did. David. David. How's it spelled? D-A, capital V-I-D. <laughs> Divide. No, Divide. David Garza. David. My uh, band, in addition to uh, Edward Herda Froggy, um, David uh, is... Um, he waited to the very last verse to bring the drums. So it it's a crazy, like, Jane's Addiction, Black Crows thing, and then it turns into this insane other song that I'm like, oh, my God, so I'll... I'll 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 play that for you when it's time. All right. You can learn it. I mean it's yeah, it's gonna be good. Satanic. So you start to you start to turn crazy and satanic and then and then I have you committed. <laughs> I like it when an album ends really just horribly like you're just like oh this is horrible i like that that <laughs> idea of like there's sort of somebody's demise it's sort of like the wall uh-huh it's like somebody's going up and then going really way down but is there a, is there a, like a, a like a a, a a nice positive ending at, at, at the at, at the close um like a sort of a rebirth type yeah. thing because the wall yeah. has a, a little bit of a well we're all gonna you know yeah. we're all gonna stand here outside the wall yeah hand in hand yeah well there's a wonderful song for his daughter so for for that you've you've heard yes so that's yes. beautiful that so that's nice. sort of sort of the end of it it's like well you got a great kid <laughs> but you're in jail <laughs> but you're in jail <laughs> but she's great she's great she's gonna be fine but that's it's just about you know how uh, you i'll know, take care of her the purity of of new life and and how great that is it but one day they're gonna they're gonna be independent and they won't need you you know and that's the best part about it wow it's the best part about it. They're they're growing up, so that's that's it's really beautiful, but painful, to acknowledge that your kids isn't gonna need that anymore because they'll they'll be theirs. You know, they'll be there. Them. It's better. It's what life is. I think I got the microphone with the hair, by the way, because I can feel it tickling. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't. I don't no, I maybe don't. I deposited one of my hairs. Yeah, I think you I, always kept you on that mic. I I think I deposited one of my own hairs. It could be. Maybe. That's all right. So we're going to try to talk to you every day. Yeah. Because there's stuff to talk about. You know, uh, one thing about the wall, though, that uh, is uh, one of my uh, favorite things about the wall is the first thing that you hear on the album is uh, we came in, right? And then the last thing you hear is this is where. Wait, what? Wait, how does it does go? It like a little bit of voice. Yeah. Like spoken word? Right before like Thin Ice or whatever is the first thing on it. It says, we came in. And then at the end, it says, this is where. Oh. This is where we came in. So it's like a... It ends. Right. In a wraparound. Wow. I don't know if I've heard that. How does the walking on Thin Ice goes... uh, Oh, that's such a great song. It's like... um, 
modern life. Yeah. It's such a crazy um, operatic. Uh, I, I don't even know if it's, in my mind, rock and roll. It's like an opera to me. Yeah. I love that movie, too. I wonder who did that voice. I think it was probably Roger Waters. Really? Because on uh, Dark Side Maybe of the Moon, not, they've got all those like snippets of conversation. I think they just talked to the studio um, people that work there. Hmm. And that, you know, like, I've, I've, been, I've always been mad. I've been mad right, for right, years right, and right. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which it's just, I think it's just, you know, they're just interviewing people. Because mm-hmm. um, that guy never did a, his own album. He never went solo. <laughs> Put out his own. <laughs> I've always been mad. <laughs> but but it's I don't like, know if I was really drunk at the time. <laughs> it's like, sounds like sinister. One short, sharp shove. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really sinister and like, kind of like. What is this? You know, it's like a theatrical and scary and like, what, what's going on? Like that that record is so crazy, you know, with all the talking, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the telephone or the weird British phone rings, like yeah. boop, boop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> a busy wall, signal. Yeah, when they call. we have a collect call from Mrs. Floyd to Mr. Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he keeps hanging think, up. <laughs> yeah, <is it? laughs> Or did, did they did they answer for a second? And she goes, "Should somebody else be there? Should somebody right, else right. be there? Should 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 someone be answering?" Yeah, yeah. Because he's in the bath with the groupie, right? Mm. Um, I thought he was calling her. He's in the bath with the groupie, l- like later. later oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's Jenny Wright, who is oh, in the yeah, bath, sure. who looks that, just yeah. like uh, that girl Chris. Um, yeah, we talked about that. That's right. Yeah, Nyblock. Jenny Wright. She's a groupie in the wall. Mm. Very pretty. Yeah. So pretty. She that's was her name? Jenny Wright. Yeah. She was uh, also in uh, Near Dark. Oh, that's right. Because I always knew that when I... Because I have that... That's like one of the first DVDs I bought. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I knew her, but I, could, I didn't know from what. And yeah, from Near, Near Dark. Dark. Yeah. Right. She's just lovely. Um, and she's that kind of very uh, early 80s kind of um, little bit masculine beauty you know just yeah. a little just kind of little boyish really mm. really cute yeah really cute but also almost like a david lynch girl too mm-hmm. so sort of hyper feminine also it's really pretty um but uh, the wall like uh, yeah all those weird snippets of voices and i i always think about where does that come from what is that who is that and what we all know but that you can't eat your meat until you wait. You can't eat your pudding until you oh, have yeah. your meat. That uh, was a <laughs> that's the school teacher. still laddie, laddie, laddie. That's a very um. That's an actor because he's in the videos and he's in the movies. Like he's in that. Was was there videos before or did the videos come from the movie? The, were they were there music videos before? I don't think they had any videos from it. Maybe some live videos. They had the. They had the. Yeah, I don't know if the because I yeah. know the the concert they had some of the stuff, but I don't know if the movie had already come out. They had some of those cartoons. Yeah. during the concert, right? It's yeah. a Ralph Ralph Steadman. Yeah. Um, I have a I have an old I have a really really good Ralph Steadman um thing from uh with Nail and I because he right, did the art right. for that. Um, and it really it really does look like the Hunter S. Thompson kind of thing, mm-hmm. which he did also. Yeah. Um, but it was given to me by a guy named Nick Bu- Nick Bugas, 
who um, is a very intense filmmaker and he's the guy that makes it's not faces of death but he makes like the more crazy ones like those crazy like autopsy put them all together like that you would get like in a muck books or whatever he like makes the most hardcore ones that you can't is like totally unwatchable but so i dedicate i mean the dedication that goes into making like those kinds of movies is so intense like i could never be in like the editing room like cutting together like really hardcore like that kind of like footage but he makes those movies and he gave me a beautiful beautiful limited edition ralph steadman poster <laughs> once <laughs> at at um, uh, not a muck books at mondo video um after this guy was trying to set off he liked me so he tried to throw firecrackers in my face um these, these like that's people. Cool. Well, they, there was oh, like all nice. these mentally ill people Talking who about didn't getting your attention. Right? Well, they didn't know how <laughs> to express their feelings, so they were just kind of actually crazy. I was hanging around there, so I liked it. But so some of them probably hit you in the face too, right? Yeah. What's the name of the guy who does the weird movies? Nick Bugas. I have to look at these movies. Nick Bugas. Um, he uh, there's like all these really great filmmakers in the early '90s that. Um, he's sort of around like there was a movie called begotten which is black and white and it's 20 minutes long and it's like kind of like a racer head but really scary and it's like i cannot be I, i'm like scared thinking about the movie like i'm scared <laughs> talking about it and it's just a fucking 20 minute long black and white thing but it is so fucked up we should actually pull it up and watch it because it's so scary like i'm like fucking freaking out right but you know like when Eraserhead when you first saw Eraserhead or like this is really unsettling I don't know what what's wrong with mm-hmm. this movie but there's yeah. something wrong with this movie it's like that Begotten is another one and Nick Bugas is also like from part of that generation of filmmakers I think there was another movie oh Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer that came yeah, out yeah, around yeah. that time like those kinds of um, movies that sort of had no I think Henry's before that but it it they have they have really no um sense of safety of like it's kind of a nineties thing. Uh-huh. Just no like boundaries of like are, are we pie gonna be okay? Sort of like that too, right? Which one? Pie. Oh I don't know pie. What's that? Pie is uh Oh the Darren uh, yeah, the, yeah. the Aronofsky's. Yeah. Uh no. I haven't seen it. It's freaky. It's freaky. No. Well Requiem for a a dream is freaky also. Uh, but th- that that's also quite a beautiful movie as well. Yeah, Pie is really sort of edgy, and there's like this camera mount that the guy, the lead actor, wears a bunch of times where it's just, you know, the camera's just like right here on some sort of thing that's attached to his body, so it's this, when he moves around, you see everything moving behind him. Oh, really? It's really uh, weird. That's weird. Yeah. That's really weird. Yeah, it's and like, unsettling. Yeah, it's like then when you take the camera and you kind of put it in a different place, it, it can be really unsettling and really scary and isolating. But there was in the, in the night, I think the early nineties was a really weird time for cinema where you had just movies that wanted to break out of any kind of Hollywood storytelling, any kind of like um, framework or, or any kind of feeling like you had to feel good at the movies that it was just kind of up feeling bad, which is cool, but also it, it made for some unsettling experiences at the, at the <laughs> movies. But begotten, I get like I look at the box and I'm fucking scared. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've never even heard of it. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Uh, it's because I'm, I'm, it. I'm so scared of it. And this is around the time that we met, so 
I, I feel like I probably had it and I was scared to watch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I may, may have thought, oh, you should show this to you, but then I'd be too scared. Al really likes it. Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know. I, 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 I can't think of anything except that eraser head that, that sort of comes close to that sort is of it feeling. Black and white? It's black and white. It's extremely grainy. I think, you know, this is before digital, so it was still film. They're probably using short ends um, to make it. Uh, and it's just some strange kind of a take on the Christ story, I think. It is a it is sort of about a crucifixion, I think. Oh. But like, I don't really... Like begotten son? Yeah, but I don't really know. I, I don't hmm. really know. But it it's, uh, it it's making all my legs really cold and scared. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm actually scared. Um, You're going to sleep with the lights on tonight, right? Well, I don't know if a, I don't know has a movie done that to you, like unsettled you so much that when you would think about it, even that you can't sleep. I can't that that. Well, I don't think Snowtown did that to me. We we love a movie called The Snowtown what? Murders. Uh, so I don't know it. It's very very good, and it's Australian, and it's sort of Australian noir. Very unsettling, but I mean, I was still able to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just depends. Sometimes you just don't want certain images and ideas in your head. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're about to go to sleep. You're like, eh, yeah, maybe i got to watch something else first to just kind of change change the topic in my head <laughs> before I go to dream world, you know? And uh, Yeah. And that's what's running around in my head like that. But, you know, not that I've been that unsettled. I mean, the, yeah. the Snowtown was very unsettling because it's it the movie's just unsettling. Yeah, it's a true story about these murders that happened in um, Australia where it's just... You know, it's a very wild country there, and you know, it's it's like there there's a darkness to the place that we can feel, but it's hard to express because people are really nice. Um, but uh, yeah, that movie's dark. But I I when I got to the end, I had to watch it from the beginning in again. I, yeah. I loved it so much. So there was a movie that I saw a couple of years ago with the girl. What is the girl? Uh, the girl from. Uh that 70s show. And there was these two Canadian serial killers, husband and wife. Oh, oh, oh the Homokas. The Homokas. Right? You the, know what t- I'm yeah, about? it was the Barbie. It was like, it was like, uh, that was a really Paul Homoka and then like her, that they, they were really good looking yeah. couple. Yeah. And then they killed the sister. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. And then they go on this rampage. Yeah. Once, obviously, once you kill your sister, you'll probably kill anybody, but. Well, yeah. What was it? What's that actor's it, name? Uh, um, Prepon. Prepon. Is that her name? Last name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway, she was great in it, and it was it was so freaky, it was so scary. But I'm very familiar with that story. Yeah. But um, scary. Terrifying. Yeah, and then Terrifying. they encased um, the bodies in cement and then threw them in the this lake, but they, they didn't even realize that um, they'd killed the sister because uh, they gave, just gave her a bunch of Valium and alcohol and she just just didn't wake up, you know? So they were just like, oh, she was drinking, she had a drinking problem and, uh, you know, they sort of passed it off that way, like right. she'd OD'd. But in truth, they had, they had actually killed her. So she takes off with them? Um, with the, with the, the couple? No, I think she was killed. This is a true story. True story. Yeah. She was killed in the house. They were all sharing a house, and she was killed in the house. And then I think the parents were there too. Oh, they killed their sister. Yeah, they yeah. killed, they their killed sister. his sister. No, the girl, the, the girl's wife's sister. sister. Yeah, the okay. wife's sister. And but then she plays uh, the wife. The seventies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, oh, I want to see that. 
I'd be scared. That's a scary story. It is a scary story. It's a scary story, but it's also um, something that I've seen so many times in like true crime things that I'm almost like, I'm, I'm too, almost maybe not as unnerved. I know, but there's something about that movie that is sort of like really sort of creepy and mm. sort of low budget. Ooh, yeah, and yeah. And so like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, like, there's yeah. something sort of real about it. Yeah. Of the way they shoot it because they don't have any money. Right. So it's just that kind of or, weird or it'll isolation. Turn out they had $100 million and they just shot it that way to make me unsettled. Right. <laughs> I'm like, they didn't have any money. <laughs> there was another one with like Peter Green. I think it was called Frozen or something like that. Where he just like does some like weird shit, like pulls out his fingernails and stuff. And that was like sort of a 90s, um, early 90s serial killer movie. That was really scary. Peter Green's kind of scary, I think. Oh my God. Always. Uh-huh. Come on. Scary. <laughs> I mean, his real life story is terrifying. Is he? I don't know. What is his life story? I don't know anything about him. I've only seen him in the movies. He just kind of... I don't know. There was like some talk about he like killed a drug dealer or something and what? like was living in the house for like three days or something and then... Oh. Well, that's... Was, was this what, early on or is this... Like in the late 90s. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because he, he kind of disappeared, right? Yeah. Did I, he go to I, jail? I, no. No, but that but that seems like I know that it, it could be like a myth but it, it was definitely some weird no but that seems like it would be not that hard to do because like if you okay like I've done a lot of drugs in my life I can so totally see myself doing drugs with somebody else and like being super into it and then they die and then I'm just <laughs> I have all these drugs so I'm just gonna just they're dead Okay, I can't do anything for them. I'm just going to keep doing the drugs. Right. And just try to figure out what I'm going to do. Yeah. And just keep getting higher and higher. And then <laughs> they're just dead. And then I feel bad, but I, they're still, they never start being a dead body. Right. They're still my friend. Right. They never, st- I, I, I can totally, I can, can rationalize. I can, can totally rationalize, rationalize you know it. He's not getting deader. Yeah, he's not getting deader, and like I already feel bad. I have to do these drugs. They would want me to do these drugs. They would not want me to be upset right now. Like I would need those drugs to face right. that. And so, I mean, I I know that that's fucked up, but I can totally see oh, doing it. No, it's, it's totally not fucked up. That's just the way it would be. That's well, truth. But that's the way drugs are. Yeah, drugs are. Jim has never had a drink or a drug in his entire what? life. You got to be fucking kidding me. No, never. No, his me entire. Neither. No, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but, is that true? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. kind of weird. We could bring it up on every show almost. <laughs> well, it's, it's because weird. I. She's so fucking pissed about it. She's no, like, no. So guy. I, I'm not pissed about it. I'm really proud of it because I have done. So many drugs and so much well, drinking in my so life. I. Yeah, but you're you've ceased it. I stopped like ten years ago. So, but it's like amazing that you know, like I always have to tell people that he's clean because it's the opposite of me. But but it's not that he's clean; it's that he's just never done anything. Well, his blood blood is clean. I'm still clean. Yeah, but his piss is clean. How did you? How did, you, that, how did you make that decision? When did you make that I never, decision? I didn't make the decision. I just didn't do anything. But I just—I never chose did, to. I, it didn't appeal to me. It didn't appeal to me. 
Well, that's what's so great because it's like huh. it appeals to me so much. How do you much? know it doesn't appeal to you if you've never I tried think it? Maybe no, I it's... saw people drunk and it just didn't look exciting. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I just never I just never did. It's like I think I always bring it up because I admire it so much because yeah. I wish that I could have had that thought. Because I'm like the opposite of mm-hmm. like I can't stop escaping. And that's, you know, that's my problem is that constant like jumping out of whatever I'm in because I can't stay in it, even if it's like a good thing. You know, it's like a weird um, it, human tendency, but it, it really is my like biggest problem if I were to have one. It, like it was just that not necessarily drugs or alcohol, although that's part of it, but it's mm-hmm. jumping out constantly of whatever is in my way or in my life. You know, and so that's a major uh, problem. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, that that's crazy. I wish I had never. No, I don't. I I'm glad. I I I'm glad I did all the coke I did. Come on, what the yeah. hell? Yeah. Well, it's, your life is your life. You yeah, can't exactly. really. You can't definitely can't change it. Yeah. But you probably you got to a point where you do, you don't want that anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was, and and the funny well, you can't thing is, do that anymore. people, it's what you were just saying. People say to me when they start drinking, they're like, "Are you uncomfortable with me drinking?" And I'm like, "No." the The thing is, right now, it might be sort of attractive, but in half an hour, it's all gonna fall apart. <laughs> it's not gonna be as cute as it is on that first drink. Yeah, you know? right. right. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah, just get yeah, to to I, to strange places, you know. Yeah. I live right next to a bar too, like this dive bar on 29th Street, and you know, I mean, they're just constant. It's constantly loud and a constant reminder to me that you know I yeah. just don't need to. The last as the last couple months of my drinking and using, I didn't have to cross the street, and I could get to four bars. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. That's New York City, baby. That's right? New York City. <laughs> That's the beauty of this place. Yeah. Because it's all here if you're looking for it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything. Well, that's that's the thing, too, for me, is it used to be, it used to, when I used, it seemed like everybody used, and now it seems like nobody uses to me. Mm-hmm. Does that seem, do, does it seem like people don't use to you? Or do you see drugs a lot? And no, no, I, re- I really don't see drugs a lot, but maybe I'm just sort of sheltered from it a bit. A lot of drinking. You see, you still see a lot of drinking. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think people have sort of grown up a bit with the, with their You're drugs. Jimmy like sheltered from just, it. I'm Jimmy sheltered from it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's me. I'm Jimmy Shelter. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think I think this. I think a lot of people have sort of. Um, well, I know a lot of people are in recovery. Yeah. From various different things and yeah and I unfortunately know people that that that, that died. Mm. Um, but you know, in, I mean, in comedy, it's, it's a really, it's an alcohol driven thing. Yeah. In yeah. Comics. Yeah. And I think the drug thing was of an era, not mm-hmm. to say that it's not still around. Right. But it's like very, it's very, I mean, you, you yeah. work in bars, so it's very prevalent that people right. just, but you know, at some point you get to an age where, I don't know, I, I see some people and, and they still, their intake is so much and I think, how can you exist how can you keep going at that rate because they're not really slowing down but i think there's still a few diehard sort of 
you know, giving it the the full go yeah. people out there. But yeah, um, for well, sure. I, if I could, I would, but I couldn't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't. You just can't handle I it. Punched man. all my fun tickets. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what, what, when, when you did, did you notice? It, did things get better, or just you just? Oh, I just don't do that anymore. Uh, oh yeah, things got so much easier, so much easier. Less trouble, right? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. And just my my friends, the people who I know were were starting to drift away, and that was that's really. And my family, everybody was pissed. Everybody was so pissed at me. Mm-hmm. But was it because you were in acting, or just? It was just there anyway. What do you mean? Around your life. Uh, I mean, is it, is it, because we're all in a certain level of whatever, you know, I'm, I'm just in dumb stand-up in clubs, and it's around. Right. But then I wonder, is it just around anyway? Yeah. And I just, I just know it's around because of, because of the, what, what my thing is. I mean. Yeah, but I grew up in a family that we, drugs were always around. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, you know, my father, was when I was like eight or nine, would constantly pass like a pop pipe to me. You know, what? Yeah. Wow. When you were eight or nine? And I would go, Dad, I don't smoke. And he'd go, oh, no shit. Yeah. No. I mean, I love my dad. He's yeah, the of course. Best. But, but it was like the 70s. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, I mean, everybody, everybody else in that room was smoking pot. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I know. My mother used to, who... Uh, no longer on this planet, but she used to. She would refer to me as the pot baby because she smoked pot all during my pregnancy. Oh Jesus! Mm. <laughs> the sixties. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Such a different. So yeah, it was always thought of how it was we, always part of everything yeah. I and yeah. I didn't really use until I got away, and then I started drinking. When once I went to New York, greatest city on earth. Hmm. Uh, you know. That's when I started because then I was rebelling by not doing all the stuff that my parents did. You know? Uh huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that meant I didn't do anything. Although the craziest, sort of funny story, uh, my when my mother died that summer, like uh, 1989, right? My uh, I was getting a lot of mushrooms then, right? And uh, my dad says to me, "Hey, man." Uh, can you, about a month after my mother died, he goes, can you get any more of those mushrooms? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I get some mushrooms. I eat them with my dad, right? Now, he's like in his 50s at this point, and I'm like 24. We, and when I, do, when I used to do stuff like that, I would not do anything. I would just hang out be chill because I was afraid I was going to sever an arm or something. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you've got to go to the emergency room <laughs> and tell them I'm on mushrooms. Oh, God. Anyway, my dad, he, uh, he goes, let's take a ride to the state forest. Right? I'm like, okay. And we get in the car and now I'm coming on pretty heavy to these mushrooms, right? And, he, and he's like just driving up the interstate and I'm like, how are you managing this? How are you doing this right now? And he goes, well, you know what? In the early 70s, I did acid like every weekend for like mm. three years. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And he goes, as a matter of fact, remember the time I was clipping the hedges at this friend's house and you kids were running around the ladder and I told you to stop running around the ladder and then I cut my finger <gasps> and I had to go to the clinic? I'm like, yeah? He goes... I was tripping. 
And you don't want to know something? I went to the clinic, got stitches and all that. Didn't affect the buzz, right? Now, I was like six years old at the time. And so I'm sitting there tripping on mushrooms a month after my mother's dead. And I look at my father and go, do you know that for like 20 years I've been carrying around this I'm a fuck up because oh of God. dad cutting his fucking finger and uh, you were tripping? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. The guilt. The guilt. I carried the oh. guilt for 20 years and it turns out you're an acid head, you stupid. Get off the ladder is what I should have said. Fuck. Uh, I love that's what you should have said dad yeah it never even happened <laughs> we never had a we didn't have hedges dad that's wild so you thought that you were the cause of that i and thought yeah it was like a goof, well, yeah exactly mm-hmm. he was out of his gourd on acid that's so crazy crazy it's amazing hmm. i can't think of that like thinking of my dad and then you've talked about your dad too yeah who's never done a, a, anything ever Except for golf, well, golf and the uh, <laughs> I think morphine at the hospital. <laughs> he had his golf ladder removed. That's the only time. Right, he's never done anything. That's it. <laughs> why, why would you trim hedges after you are you tripping? Like, you know what? I still I still need to take care of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're doing it every weekend for three years, I guess you've got to keep going. Yeah, you have to do chores you too. Do chores. Yeah, you can't just and it was it wasn't it, grow. it was like an electric. It was like oh my oh. god, oh that's so scary. It's just lucky that he only. And he was on like he was on a tall ladder. Although I was like five, so it probably was like a three foot ladder, but it uh, seemed like a giant ladder. Yeah, that's so yeah. scary. Jesus, scary. Well, now I've just added my eighty-one-year-old father as an acid head. Wow. Well, well, that's all right. Now he's eighty-one. Yeah. What's he do now? Just hangs out. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Good for him. Yeah, he, he actually he's he's part of the reason I got sober. Yeah. Yeah. He's he got sober like ten years before I did. Oh, really? Yeah. Pretty amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Can we tweet him? No, we, we can tweet you. Yeah. We can tweet you at, this is our, this is what we do, at Lilo65. Yes. That, I like how fast that he asked. Yes. <laughs> it's like you barked it out. Um, where can they tweet you, Jim? At Jimmy Shelton. Oh. They can tweet us collectively at Monsters of Talk. They can tweet me at Margaret Cho. Um, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, also iTunes. We love our listeners. We 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 have a lot of great listeners. We have uh, Tom Allen paper dolls. Mm. We have to f- generate some sort of merchandise for you um, from our talks because Tom Allen's the only other person that we know we've done multiple talks with. So we had merchandise for him. So we'll have to figure out what to do for Lee besides the record. Right. I mean, isn't that enough? More? I'm going to start to feel greedy. Yeah. <laughs> But the, that's good though. But we should have something that's sort of like like sort of like more immediately issuable, just right. sort of like the paper doll. So we'll we'll figure that out. Limited edition, some kind of yeah, some kind of fine plaster caster kind of thing. Huh? A plaster caster. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. Come on. That, I mean, that that has not happened for a long time. Could you imagine <laughs> the patience that it would have taken for these rock stars to get their plaster cast? Yeah. I mean, they, they, like that, that show, shows how much ADD we have now. No rock star is going to stand. I know, right? For a mold to be made. But see, I never really understood that whole, that whole thing. How does that work exactly? You're telling me that I get this raging heart on, 
and now you start putting some plaster on it, and it manages to keep raging? Um, I don't know. I feel like it. what it was, I think she used a dental impression, that kind ah. of, that stuff that's soft. Yes. I think she used that to make the initial mold, and then she would pour plaster into it. Yes. Yes, I think you're right. That's got to be the way. To, I mean, because yeah. you can't. Right. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going <laughs> to, like, pour plaster? Okay. Oh, don't make me plaster feel stupid. I, no, 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 no. But I mean, no, no, no. No, I'm not. But I'm just trying to visualize, like, how they would have done it. And that's the only way. I, I don't know the facts. Right. But, you know, kind of trying to think about. Just the physics of something like that. I think you would have to use that dental impression. But then you don't need you don't need that much attention. No, no. Um, well, you know, now you just take a picture, right? Yeah. Now you just sexed out a picture of your knob. Back yeah. then, back <laughs> yeah, then right. it was much more. No, we're gonna uh, make a we're gonna make a mold of this. <laughs> but how many did they make? Ah, well, I'm surprised that you don't see more of them now. Yeah, why any of them? And and that none of them got mass produced. I know. Could no, you imagine the, no. the, the, the Jimi the Hendrix. Hendrix? Come on, I'm buying one. I know. I'm giving it as gifts. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> the Morrison, <laughs> Mr. Joe Mojo rising. Come I mean, <laughs> Mr. Mojo had to rise. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever seen them? I don't, no, no. I've never, I've, in fact, I've I think I've only read them. about them. I mean. You know, like in the Zeppelin books and right. stuff like that. You always read about I don't yeah. think I've ever even seen them. Yeah. I've in never fact, I hadn't thought about seen. them until you brought it up. It, it's yeah. Like, I'd forgotten about that. It's such a rock and roll thing, and it, it's 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 certainly forgotten art. It's not like, yeah, who's going to do that now? And, who, and to was who? It, was it the woman who ended up with Jim Morrison? Was she one of the women who was doing it? Pamela no. Morrison? Uh, was, wasn't it no. Cynthia Plasticon? Yeah, she was an actual... <laughs> that was the her, name she went name, by, Cynthia Plasticon. Okay. Cynthia Plasticaster. I thought, what not, not to be confused with, with uh, the party starter, Darren Carter. <laughs> Darren Carter, the party starter. He's somebody else. He's somebody else. The, the, the Plasticaster, which is what, uh, a, what a great idea. But that's the 60s too, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I haven't seen All him. All those so. stories... Mm-hmm. There, I mean, there's no stories. I mean, the Zeppelin story about them fishing in Seattle. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like out the window of the Edgewater Inn. Uh-huh. And they caught a shark. And then there's, oh, there just happened to be a lady here that, well, will, will one thing led to another. And the, there's a sexual encounter with the fish and, and the woman. Yep. Yeah. That's going to be hard to pull off. Come on. <laughs> like a roadie outside. What, what girls want to meet Led Zeppelin? Of those girls... <laughs> <laughs> so good. I had a joke about that, mm-hmm. and it was uh, the part that people didn't wouldn't like. Is it like what? Like what did the girl say? Like when she meets her friends the next day? Did you meet Zeppelin? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be hard to explain. <laughs> they did what <laughs> with the fish? But then you know, it's, it's better than when I met Rod Stewart because he just gave me crabs. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a joke. I don't know if Rod Stewart gave anyone crabs. So I don't funny. want to get sued. Yeah. So but funny. But plaster casting, I forgot all about that. I know. Um, Thanks for reminding us. Yeah. Maybe you'll remind us of something new tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. All right. Thank you, Lee Turgeson. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank Kay. you to our listeners. We will talk to you next time. Hi, this is Margaret Cho. You're listening to The Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host, 
Hi, I'm Jim Short. Jim, we're in the park with um, Lee Turgeson. Hi. Hey, how you doing? We're in Tompkins Square Park, and it looks like fisticuffs are about to break out across the way. I think so. But that's New York City. Everything's happening right next to you, right? Yes. They're speaking a different language, though. Can you understand it? I, I don't know. Sounds it's Russian. something with a lot of... Oh, it's Russian. Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely duck. Russian. Wow. Russian, drunk Russian mob. Uh, I don't know about mob, but definitely Russian and definitely drunk. drunk. I'm a little drunk now. Drunk Russian bum. Don't say bum. Instead of... No? Instead of mom? No, just a guy. Just a guy. <laughs> but sometimes there is, sometimes you look at you go, no, that's just a bum. <laughs> There's the people with down on the look, and then some people are like, hey, he looks like a bum. <laughs> we, we've done a terrible job podcasting you every day. Uh, I feel to blame. I think it's my fault. It is your fault, because we only got you the first day and then the last day. But then you know, we've got a bookended Lee and Lee, right? Yeah. So yeah. We can put it all in one episode. We can put the I wasn't the one the hashtagging where we talk to Lee every day. I wasn't hashtagging that. was that. my that dream. Was well, it's just because I wanted to see you every day. Which well, I we did. did see each other every day. Yeah, 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 we did. We did. We did and see we, each and other. And we got a, a really great interview the other day. It was a, a fairly long interview. We really got Too in long. there, but we didn't scratch the surface. It'll never see the light of day. Tell the truth, Jimmy. It'll never see the light of day. No, we'll be totally be out there. <laughs> it, was one of, it was one of the good ones. It was a great conversation. It was a great conversation. And, and then we get to see you now, and then we'll go back to our lives, and then you'll go back to your life. And, it, you know, we had a wonderful time this week, and we went to see Kinky Boots last night, which I know. was fantastic. That was fun. It was really fantastic. Got to meet Billy Porter and Stark Sands afterwards. They were they were, they were great. So great. And fun um, show. Do you go to theater a lot? I do. You know, when I'm here, I, I'm never here though. That's the only thing. Really? I, I'm always traveling. Because like, you're going to go back to work on um, that other that other TV show in Santa Fe. Longmire. What's it called? Longmire. Longmire. Yeah. Longmire. What is that show about? That's that's a fairly new show, right? Yeah, uh, it's the second season. It's uh, about police uh, in mm-hmm. dot dot dot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is this it set woman. Is Santa Fe? I don't. I I think. So. I don't know. I don't know. It's just shot in Santa Fe. Yeah. Okay. Because you've worked a lot in the... Because it was funny, the the other morning, I woke up really early, about five in the morning, I was flipping around on the TV, and there you were on, on a Law & Order criminal intent. Criminal intent, yeah. Getting nicked by uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. A very intimidating Vincent D'Onofrio, you was know. He? Oh, when he gets you in that box, I mean, he gets inside your head. He, you, you gave it up. You get you help You it. flipped and you gave it up. You started yelling, of course I killed her. Yeah. Because he pissed me off. He pissed me yeah. off. I was cool as a cucumber. I was cool as a cucumber. And then he said or did something. And it just, I just had, I unraveled. Yeah. And I let, I go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You had it. You let him have it. Yeah. How many times do you think you've been in the interrogation room in your, um, in, in, in your life? You've been in everything you now. In life at least real four. or imagined? No, imagined. Yeah, in your in, career. In your okay. career. Then or only. actually in life. That's yeah. a, maybe and, a better and, story. And in life. I think I've, I've seen you at least in five on on camera. Yeah. Well, the problem, I, I'm going to have trouble counting them because I've definitely done four <laughs> n- not in Oz. And then there was like, I feel like there was three or four interrogation scenes like where the guy from the FBI would come, Robert John Burke. 
there's always a swinging light bulb above you. <laughs> you know? And I mean, it's so cliche, that whole thing. And you're always wearing a tank top. Always yeah. wearing like some kind of an A-frame, a wife beater tank top. A-frame? A-frame, that's what these shirts are called, the, the politically what? correct term for no. wife beater t-shirts. No. Yes! A-frame? A-frame, they call it That doesn't make any sense. Why would that be an A-frame? I don't know why. Isn't an A-frame like a house that's shaped like an A? Yes, but that's what they call those shirts, an A-frame. If they don't want to say wife beater, they say A-frame. Or John Tuturo. They say it's an A-frame. Guinea tea? I wouldn't say guinea tea. (laughs) But that's... Every time I've seen you, and also sleeveless... Tank isn't that a tank? tank? Why isn't that? Why, they call that a, a tank. tank? Yeah, that, that would work. Yeah, a tank. A muscle tank. A tank or a we, call, we would call it a singlet. A singlet. A singlet. Singlet. Right. Um, a frame though. But why do they put you in a singlet? Why do they make it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because you're, you you're talking about silver tongues. You're talking yeah, about talking silver about tongues. <laughs> you dirty so why, dog. But why do you have to be um, sort of shirtless? Not shirtless, but armless. I mean, do you think it's a sort of a way to make you more? Amenable to well, I think I think what happens is when the producers and the directors realize that they have someone who's so uh, attractive, sexy, yeah, and built. You know, don't let it go to waste, yeah. right? You got a nice car. You don't leave it in the garage. You know what I'm saying? But it's been great because everywhere we're no. walking around, people come up like, it's him. It's him. Yeah. Him. Yeah. yeah. Do you get that you. a lot? Do you get a lot of people just stopping you? Tim, the guy from Mask. What about, <laughs> what about the other night when we were at dinner and that woman that kept coming, she came by five times to our table. Yeah. I talked to her about her drinking, too, at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just kept coming back from pizza. Yeah, it all. It was like her memories were coming back, like she'd had amnesia, right? Yeah, she kept, she kept coming back. I realize, I realize where I know you from. Uh, wait, I realized I went to had pizza. I came back. I realized you were on Drop Dead Diva. She would come back like periodically yeah. to each one. Yeah, every each, each time she yeah. would come back and with start, a different and idea. Start by telling us that her friends warned her not to go back. Yes, yes. Yeah, but she obviously doesn't take. Uh, Advice from her friends, and no. or d- nor does she do. But that was the action. other. That was the other funny thing. That first thing when they came up, the two of them, they did that good cop, bad cop thing. Right. Right. She was effusive, and her friend was like, "Come on, let's get out of here. Leave them alone. Leave them. You guys are the best. Leave them alone." And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, we're all taking pictures and like, mm-hmm. yeah, she tongue used, kissing. She used her friend's bad behavior to yeah. also get in and go. Yeah. But I'm a big fan as well. Yeah. 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 I, I don't agree with what she's doing, but, well, now this door is open, so. <laughs> it's so funny. Do people really, but people, do, I think, like, last night, too, we were out, and people really, they, they talk about you like you're not there. They say, oh, that's, oh, it's, it's that guy. Oh, yeah. Like, they say it really loud. Yeah, I, I do get that. Do you think it's because of the character that you played is kind of, um, you know that, that he had a lot of different kinds of emotions, and that was very naked. And so, maybe people have like a, okay, that's a dangerous guy. That's a dangerous because he was so unpredictable too. Mm. Like I figured so I think it's more about the penis. Mm. No, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think it because I think it was a show that that with the people. I mean, when we were doing that show, which is now you know it's been off like ten years. I can't believe that. 
the, uh, walking around New York City was ridiculous yeah. for the people who were on this. I mean, it was just like I couldn't walk down the street without being stopped and people talking about the show. Right. So I think it, it just, for the people who were really into it, they were really into it and uh, it stuck with them because it was it was like nothing you'd ever seen before. No, no, it's true. It's no. true. Was that sort of the beginning of, I mean, at that time, that was the first real prison sort of story. And now you've got a lot of the reality shows uh, of the lockup, lock raw lockup abroad. But that was was that really oh, the kickoff? Sort, and they sort of do a weird sort of like uh, the uh, their theme is a ripoff of the Oz theme, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. right, totally, theme. totally. But actually, what happened was uh, Tom uh, Fontana, who created Oz, he uh, he got approached by HBO and. Uh, they had had a lot of success with these. We were sort of talking about it the other day, the Toss the Salad documentary. Mm-hmm. That was an HBO thing. And they were doing, like, prison stuff back then. Okay. And they had such a huge, like, numbers for it, for some, like, documentary thing. They were like, do you have it? They said to him, do you have anything, like, prison-y? And he was like, well, I did have this one idea, and he had written something for another network a couple years before that. Uh... Which, uh, it's a, a funny little quick story. Uh, I was, uh, we had been talking, you know, we'd been doing Oz for a couple years, and uh, this is why, I, this is my, why I love Tom Fontana's story. Uh, we had been doing the show for a couple years, and I had been telling this story about how Tom and I got together and talked, and he was like, I want you to do this show, and I was sort of saying that he and I sort of came up with this character together, and that I sort of helped create the character of Tobias Beecher, blah, blah, blah. So then, during the third year, right after the third year, I moved out of L.A., and I went back to L.A., and I was packing up all my stuff, and I found this script, because he would send me all of his pilot scripts, when he, and I found this script called Club Med, about a medium security prison and I start I'm like huh I don't remember anything about it I start reading it and there is a character that is almost exactly Tobias Beecher in there so I call him and I'm like Tom he goes yeah what's up I go uh I'm reading Club Med and he goes (laughs) I go why did you let me tell this story like I created this character for all this time? Why did you... We were, we'd sit in interviews together and I would say this story and you would just let it go. And he said, uh, you know, it seemed important to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was letting you have your moments. I was letting you have it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but you, brought, you, you were able to bring the character to life, though, even though maybe... How close yeah. was it to what you were doing? Well, I mean, it was, I mean, basically it was just the broad strokes, right? It was like a, I don't think he was a lawyer, but he was like a guy who had done something that was maybe killed a girl drunk driving and ended up in this prison. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, you know, the the great thing about the way uh, Tom works is that it grows, you know, as, you know, we all started doing it, he would meet with us every year and he would uh, write, he would basically write the scripts before we'd start again and he'd ask you what you wanted to do, if mm. you had any ideas. And, uh, and so, and then he would write, actually, he would write every character's storyline, like he would start with Beecher's 
because Beecher was the most important. Yeah, no, true. but he would start with my character, <laughs> he was and, a pivotal character. and he would he write every everything for my character, and then go to O'Reilly, write everything, write Saeed's story, and uh-huh. then he would sort of patchwork them all together. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's really Amazing. brilliant. He's really brilliant. His show Borgia, which is not the Jeremy Irons thing that's on Netflix. Uh, the second season just got released on Netflix. is amazing. John Doman stars in it, who was in The Wire. Uh, I'm going to have to watch it. Also, John Doman was like the colonel in Oz. He was my cellmate for like four episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But like, um, so who came up with the Chris Maloney, um, Keller, Beecher Keller love story? Oh, that was that was uh, Tom. Definitely. Did you? I mean, did you th- think like, oh, I want my character should fall in love? I thought it was really a good thing. I uh, thought it was really it made sense. No, that was that was his idea, you know, because you know, basically the conversations we had were, you know, what is a guy who thinks his life is this thing? And then everything gets taken away, right? His freedom, mm-hmm. his wife, his children. And who does he have to become to survive? And how does he survive through all of this? Uh, and that was, I thought that was one of the cool things about the relationship between Maloney and I was that mm-hmm. we, never, we never labeled it. We never talked it. We never said gay. Other people did. But, uh, you know, it was just we were loved each other but that's the thing that is gay that is when and that's what's great about it is that you don't really name it you just are and that's beautiful didn't you guys make out Chris Maloney he always like would make out with guys at Glad Awards right that was that was me that was you why does it get assigned to Christopher Maloney I don't know because uh, I don't know he and I made out together but they always say that Chris did yeah (laughs) I don't know better publicist I guess what happened at Glad Awards um, there was this thing in 2000, I guess, where he was doing SVU, and the three of us, Mariska and he and I, uh, were giving an award or something. I can't remember what it was, but she, he was like, you know, um, when I do blah, blah, blah on SVU, you know, this happens. And then he says, and on Oz, when I do this... And he turned to me, and then we started making out. Oh, my God. <laughs> and what happened? What happened to the crowd? Did they uh, go crazy? Oh, my God. Yeah. No. No, not a... Quiet. Could hear a pin drop. They were sort of grossed out, I think. No. At the Glad, <laughs> at the Glad Awards, yeah, when Christopher Maloney and I made out. They were upset. It was weird. Real table turner. Real table turner. I'm sure they yeah, were no, so they went, happy. They went uh, apeshit. So yeah. cute. <laughs> but I'm, I'm kind of trying to fight that stereotype that it, everybody says that it was Chris and not you. Yeah, now I've now. never heard anybody say that it was Chris. All I've heard, I've heard about that for years, and they go, "Oh yeah, Chris, he he um, makes out with guys all the time." I hate Chris Maloney. I hate Chris Maloney. Um, now no. we have to get him talking about this. And well, I also think the uh, oddly enough, gay men. He's so typical of what a gay man would like. Chris Maloney, you know, with the puffed up, you know, like, oh, well, you know. So are thing. you, though? You're very no, handsome. You're well, very handsome. but I'm not, I'm not the overt guy who's obviously spending a lot of time in the gym because yes, you are. that's the only time I get to see men's penises, you know, which is why Chris spends so much time in the gym. I'll say it. 
No, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. <laughs> he's a lurker. Yeah, he's a lurker. He's a lurker. Who has oh, the biggest hey. penis of all the... In the article that you gave me in the Metal Rules magazine, you yeah. had stated that Dean Winters had the largest. Huh. That's, you, it, that's interesting. That's true? I don't know if that's true. Dean Winters definitely has... Uh, a, a penis of size. Yeah. Although I have to admit, uh, uh, I think probably Evan Seinfeld had the biggest dick. Oh, okay. But was he not on the show yet? Or maybe he just per- hadn't perhaps shown his he had not, yet. He, perhaps he had not. The best picture in the middle, middle, uh, Metal Rules, it's like the masthead. You open it up and it's a table of contents. And it's a photograph of you in the shower. And you're like leaned over the partition, the shower partition. <laughs> really kind of, you're just kind of. Nah. You know, you have like a real... In there, done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of a smug well, look kind of... Yeah. Prison sex. And then the, the editor, his name is Jeff. He's sort of hidden behind the Jeff partition. Jeff yeah. Yeah. With a smile. You can just see his face poking yeah. out. And a little, and a little bit, bit of his, of his back. naked back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's down, yeah. and you're just behind him like, yeah, right. You got this? You got the picture? You have long hair, and you're just kind of like, oh, another day in the shower. Yeah. In the men's prison, and um, keeping it clean. But you're so funny because your your elbow is even hanging over the partition, and then we're going to have the photo for our listeners so they can hear uh, see it what I'm, what I'm talking about because it's so. I laughed maybe 15 minutes uh, continuously, and I kept turning back. I was reading the articles, but I kept turning back to look. There's a whole article. Also, you haven't read the Metal Rules magazine. There's a whole article preceding the interview with you about scheduling the interview with you. Uh-huh. Did you realize that? That, that? I don't remember it. That I, I just found it in my storage space. Well, there's the an article, so and I don't the, really remember. It. There's a photo with Dean Winters and Jeff. Right. And then, but the, that's misleading because the article is all about how he had scheduled the um, visit to the set, and um, how he had left the house at 9 a.m. when your uh, agreed time was 2 p.m. <laughs> and then he had arrived around 12:47, yet still went in and forged his way through. It's like me when I came over yesterday. Came over way too early. Right, nine uh, minutes too early. You know, it's that's that's like an hour and a half. In still New York feeding time. the baby. Yeah. Still feeding the baby. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, we we Margaret. have we think about coming over so much that we have to be there early. So that's have you ever had that when you have to? Well, yeah. Well, you called Jimmy McMillan too early as well. I did. I did. Well, we went almost an hour early to meet Jimmy McMillan. But when you called him, you oh, called him early. He, he told me to early. call him at at seven, and I had, I called him at four thirty. <laughs> I couldn't wait anymore. I couldn't wait anymore. He was another interview that we just did. The mayoral candidate of the rents too damn high party, who you guys endorsed. We endorsed. We endorsed. Yes. Now, had yeah. you you've heard of him? Which only matters for Mark. I mean, I mean, you're you're a foreigner. So no, no, your but endorsement he can, means nothing. He can vote because he's oh, naturalized. Well, but I can still endorse. <laughs> I can still endorse, can right? Endorse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's yeah. also not. You, I'm not even a New Yorker, so it doesn't matter right, 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 really. Right. But I was. Well, we ran. We saw him on the street a couple of days ago, and he was because we saw his vehicle. It's 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 what easy kind of to spot. It's it's some kind of a Honda wagon. Wagon. Is it what it's some kind yeah. of wagon? But it's you can see it because it says the rent's too damn high. Across the, it's well, it's everywhere, everywhere. The top, the sides, it's on the, it's on the bonnet, yeah. and then it's a big image of him with his gloved fist raised up. The rent is too damn high. But you had yeah. known of him before. You'd seen him before. He's sort of a New York character, right? Yeah, from last, like the last mayor's race. Mm-hmm. When he ran, he ran for governor. Did he run? Oh, it was governor, right? Yeah, right, 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 yeah. Right. 
Yeah, and he's—I mean, he's pretty cool. And he—I uh, I caught the end of your uh, conversation with him, and he's a, a really great guy. Mm-hmm. Really, and he—you know—he's telling the truth. <laughs> but that's why Margaret, we, she couldn't wait to talk to him yesterday. I called him way too early. And that's why she came to your place way early. And that's why Jeff Rappaport came to the set of Oz. Well, he also had a long drive, I think. He came from, like, deep in Jersey and wasn't it's sure how long it was. 83 miles. Was it? <laughs> and he said that it was 83 miles, and he knew that it was going to be too early, and then he tried to waste some time at truck stops, but he could not contain himself. And then he In the bathrooms of truck stops. Yes, trying to wait. <laughs> and then, so finally, and then he, but he was, like, talking about all the time that you, you had spent not calling him back between times that you said you were going to call him back. So there was an entire article in that magazine about how he's waiting for you to call him to confirm. And, you know, and then... He was very excited. Oh, uh, well, he's very sweet. He loves you, obviously. And, you know, he loves your acting, and he's right. He's he's really right about the show. You are amazing. And, um... But the funniest thing is there's an whole article about how to schedule this interview and how to schedule the set visit. So, that's the best. That's the impact you have. Well, it was also... It was hard. Also, I... I didn't know, I don't remember how he got a hold of me, but I remember that I was hesitant about having him come to set because I didn't, I didn't know the guy. Yeah. I'd never seen him. He just, uh, he was just somebody who randomly got in touch Some, with I don't remember you how. or your people to yeah. talk to you? Yeah. From Metal and, Rules magazine. And he, and, he's, and he was, and he did a lot, I remember he did a lot of like home, because the magazine, it, there's mm-hmm. a lot of like homoerotic kind of stuff in it, right? Or what, what well, are you yeah. saying? It's, yeah, it is, but it's also, it's homoerotic, but it's also metal. It's very sort metal. of metal, very metal. It's metal, right. it's metal, male, male worship, metal on metal male worship, which is kind of straight, but kind of gay. It's hard yeah. to, it's like Rob Halford. Is it very, <laughs> is it very like, when you read it, it's very... It's very present, but maybe the maybe all the readers don't realize that themselves. Yeah, they don't realize this sort of homosexual, homoerotic content, but that's what they go for too. Right. It's subtle, subliminal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I was a little concerned about having him come, and then had to talk to some people to see how they felt about him coming, and you know, so that's why I was sort of causing a problem well but it's so because it's so it goes over you in such fine detail like there's this argument that you guys have about whether or not your hair in Wayne's World is real and whether you had to wear weave in Wayne's World too which well, I you did. begrudgingly I did. admitted to begrudging it, well that's what it seems like I read the article a number of times now and I saw well the first one was my hair that was all my yeah I could tell that I could tell that that was back in you remember those days 91 yeah the long hair so you had it and by this time of the second one you'd cut it yeah I so had, you had yeah. to recreate it yeah with a wig with a weave with a Weave. Weft. Yeah, because it was. I sort of did some terrible page boy sort of length. I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe you were listening to a lot of jellyfish <laughs> at the time. You know, you you really like the Crash Test Dummies and you wanted to demonstrate your fat. What, what were the Crash Test Dummies songs? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. They also did Once Peter Pumpkin. There was. No, they didn't do Peter Pumpkin. They did, they did a cover. Oh, a cover. Oh, cover. Yeah, they cover. Did. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Pumpkin hit, which is what um, actually I didn't mean Jimmy to be so defiant. Then, like they didn't. I've never been to a fish show. <laughs> yeah, like Louis C.K. I've never been to a fish show. Um, I approached Louis C.K. I hadn't seen him for 23 years, and I said the last time I saw you was at a fish show. He's like, he gets really mad. Like I haven't been to a fish show. I go, no, not the fucking band fish. Ron Lynch's 
Fish, which is a comedy group, which he was in. Oh, oh, oh. And he goes, oh! And then he realized he's wrong and walked away. <laughs> so I, I just Louis C.K.'d you so defiantly. But yeah, it was XTC. But that, I forgot that they did a cover of that. Right after, though, right for after. What? Um, just for what? For a movie or something like yeah. that, wasn't it? A movie? Maybe Say Anything? No. That must be too late. Maybe a Mike Myers movie? I married an ex sprinter. Maybe so something like that. So I married an ex sprinter. Which brings it back to, to Mike Myers. Yeah. So you worked in Wayne's World. Yep. He is like, okay, you know when you watch the Bohemian Rhapsody sequence, he's in the far right hand corner of the top. Like he's in the this Roger is how I, spot. This is how I like to tell people which one I am. I'm the only real headbanger. Oh, uh-huh, right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, right. Everybody else is like, no, you're totally I fucking banging break it here. loose. You really bang your head. <laughs> But that actually, that was one of the cool things. Mike, I went, uh, Mike Myers, uh, we had a read-through at Paramount, the, and I, after, it was just four guys in the car. Two guys in the front, two guys, not me. And I was like, dude, please put me in the back seat of that car. <laughs> and the next, then another drive came out, and I was in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to ask for what you want. But wow. you're genius Jenny. in it. And your waist is so your waistband is so high on your jeans. You have like what? these acid wash jeans on the in the in the and we're operating the camera in Wayne's World in the very high waistband. What? Because it's like these ass they're mom jeans. Because it's like the early, early nineties, the dawn of the nineties. The Ray Dawn they were, they of were, the nineties. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> they were a little higher back then, weren't they? Uh, they were high. Yeah, uh, they definitely weren't hip huggers. They were higher. Huh. They were high. They were I high. I remember. I just remember the stupid shirts I would. I had. Oh yeah, wear. really muscle cut like uh, that. Talk about a frame. You're making a frame up. There's no such I'm thing not. as a frame. I'm looking it up on Google. I'm not making it up. Oh my God, we've gone. Okay. Okay. Now let's we've get, gone over time. Let's, let's, get go, get, let's, let's go, go get. Let's go get food. Eat. No, let's, let's close eat. out. Said, let's go eat. I want to eat. You said if I talked for a little while, you'd feed me. No, and now we're gonna. I'm gonna feed you now. Um, Lee, where can they tweet you at? Lee Turgeson. Lee Lo six five. L e e l o six five. And um, you're gonna be doing a play in Los Angeles, so LA fans can come see you. Rapture Blister Burn at the Geffen. I'm not sure when it starts in August. It goes to the end you. of September. We're going to all come see you. Um, I'm Margaret Cho. You can tweet me at Margaret Cho. You can tweet you at where? At Jimmy Shelter. You can tweet both of us at Monsters of Talk. You can listen to us every Monday at 9 a.m. Um, SoundCloud.com. You can subscribe on iTunes. We love our listeners. Um, tweet us. Get some Tom Allen paper dolls. Yes. That's promotion. Um, we never made any Lee Turgeson merchandise, but... We'll probably have something. We'll we're probably gonna, have something gonna, soon. Maybe an A-frame, an, an A-frame uh, tank. A singlet. A, Lee, a Lee singlet. A singlet. A singlet. Um, we are the monsters of talk. We will talk to you next time. Did you say cock? Talk? Monsters of cock? Monsters of cock. <laughs> that is a different uh, podcast, what you're about to do next. <laughs> monsters of cock.